Welcome to the Decades of Strength podcast. We are Kim, Marcy, and Katie. We are three women on one mission. We are obsessed with empowering women to gain confidence, build strength, and ditch feelings of unworthiness. So grab your chair, come sit at our table, and let's talk. Welcome to the Decades of Strength podcast. I'm your host, Kim Schlag, along with our other hosts, Katie Crocus and Marcy Nevin. Ladies, hello. Hi, Kim. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Hanging in. Yeah, doing it's well. a good, good Tuesday yeah. morning. Katie is standing tall at her new standing desk. Katie, tell us about this desk. I'm fascinated. Ladies, Impulse purchased at Costco the other day. So you can see behind me in my office, I, I've changed a couple things. And one of the things that my decorator suggested was a brand new desk and it was beautiful. And it was from Crate and Barrel and it was wildly overpriced and it was delayed by like six months. And oh. so just last month, she was like, do you still want this desk? And I looked at the price tag and I looked around my room and I looked at the desk that I currently had. And I was like, no, it's silly. I'm, I'm surviving. It's fine. And then that afternoon, my husband and I went to Costco and we saw for $279, this desk that automatically goes up and down. So it's a standing desk that with the press of a button, you can adjust the settings to wherever you want. You can mark, you can hold three settings in it, or you can just like use the arrows to put it wherever you want. It has a cell phone charging station on it, like a middle drawer, all these things that I never really would have ever imagined that I probably needed considering that overpriced slab of wood I was getting from Crate and Barrel <laughs> had nothing. It was basically a table that looked pretty. Oh. Um, and this is so functional. And I kind of thought that I would have the desk up occasionally, like when we podcast or, you know, when I do a Zoom call or something where I'm just feeling like I've been sitting for excessively too long. I have had the desk down for like 10 seconds in the last couple, like four or five days. And it's sort of been forced time down before I know I'm going to have to stand for a while. I love it. Have either of you tried a standing desk before? I have not. My husband has one. It's beautiful and it's mm-hmm. really functional, but I don't have one. I, I kind of think I might want one. I cannot recommend it enough. And, and granted, it's been like four days, but I really am astounded by how much more engaged in work I feel. I kind of thought that I would be tempted to like walk out of the room if I was already standing. Mm, yeah. But I really do find myself more engaged and more focused. I can see out the window better, which I think is better, better feng shui or whatever. Um, but overall, <laughs> it's it definitely just feels better. Um, Katie, what does it look like? I can't see it. I can just see you standing. Is it wood? Is it white? What is it's it? It's white and it's, um, you know, like a steel base and, and a white top and it's very sleek looking. So it's not really like that farmhouse look that the rest of my house is. Uh-huh. Um, but I still like, I love it. It's just, it's beautiful and it's much smaller than what I had before, mm. but it's got everything I really need. I feel I'm that person though. Like if you, I, I get a bigger closet or a bigger house or a bigger space and I just fill it up. Right. And Me so, too, yeah. So we were talking about like living like a minimalist with clothing at the last episode. Yeah. This is being like minimalist in my office. And I have, um, my planner on it, my pencil, my desktop and a small lamp and that's it. All right. Well, I'm excited for you. That's I love a cool it. Purchase. Yeah. Go check it. At Co- I don't know if they're Costco. at Costco everywhere right now, but if you've got one in your area, it's certainly worth exploring. And I kind of thought they'd be really expensive. I feel like mm-hmm. under 300 is a, is a pretty good price. For yeah, something. Absolutely. It absolutely. Something at Costco. 
Mars, what's new with you? Not a whole lot is new with me. Um, I'm trying to think if I have anything exciting, but I really don't think I do. No. <laughs> so sorry. That's okay. <laughs> Got nothing. What's well, up with you, Kim? Well, I told you my uh, shocking moment in the last 24 hours was watching a lady do circus tricks at the oh YMCA last night. So I don't, I'm not, I don't really like going to the gym to do anything. I would rather just stay at home and walk outside. It's been so insanely cold here for so long and I'm just feeling over it. And I had to take my daughter um, up to the high school for something and our Y is near the high school. So after I dropped her off, I'm like, that's what I'm gonna do. I still need like 5,000 steps. I'm not coming home in the cold and the dark. I'm gonna go walk at the track. So I'm walking on the track and the track has a really nice view of the main gym. And so, you know, I just kind of people watching as I walked and listening to my podcast and this lady caught my eye and I was like, what is she doing? And as I got closer, like I actually tried to stop to not stare because I wanted to stare. <laughs> she was literally flipping it upside down. Like she would kettlebell swing. She was holding a dumbbell. I always feel like it's dicey. Like I've had clients do it if they don't have a kettlebell, like to do a dumbbell swing. So it's mm -hmm. a kettlebell swing and holding a dumbbell. But I always feel like at that moment at the top that it's really possible to launch that dumbbell. Like you gotta be holding on to that thing. But she was purposely at the top launching it up flipping it end to end so it would like spin once okay and then she would catch it and I couldn't believe she kept catching it I was like how are you like that's a lot of coordination to even like my hand-eye coordination I guess is not that great it's like she was flipping a bottle of water you know how like all the teenagers yeah. were doing before like it was flipping that way and then she would catch it and immediately go into another swing and then come back out and flip it I'm like and she looked like a really new to working out person. Cause I was, I just like, she was catching my eye as I was walking around anyway. Like she didn't look like somebody who's like super advanced at working out. And my main thought kept being like, who showed her this and why? Who right. told her to do this? Well, did she see this on a video? Like where, who, who is coaching this nonsense? It's confusing to me because you said at her, and her next move was to do squat to press on an upside down BOSU ball, right? Yeah. So she had the upside down BOSU ball holding onto a medicine ball squatting. Okay. On the wrong way. The, the way that they literally tell you on the BOSU ball, do not do this. <laughs> yes. She was doing that. So I'm like, somebody has shown her this. Like, I don't think this lady showed up to the gym and made this up herself. Mm -hmm. And it just makes me annoyed at the content creator. So I don't know if this is like some weird workout video or something on YouTube or something on Instagram, but I'm pretty sure this lady didn't make it up herself. And I think the people who do stuff like that, they're just like looking for something fun and new to show everybody like, Cause you know, it's going to get likes and views. I don't know what the heck, where it's it not going to get muscle. It's not going to build gonna, that for you. Not going to build muscle. And there's a really high likelihood that someone's going to get hurt. Yeah. Like, like either her or somebody, it was a crowded gym guy. She was not alone. There were people everywhere walking by her and she's like letting this weight go balancing on the BOSU ball. I was half expecting to come around the corner next time and see her like flipping the weight on the BOSU ball. Like, <laughs> I don't know when you see these crazy, whenever you see an exercise, like really ask yourself. And if you don't know, like you should reach out to a coach and be like, what's the purpose of this exercise? Like, what will this do for me? Because mm -hmm. when I look at that and I think, what is it doing? I guess what I mean, maybe it's helping with some kind of balance, hand-eye coordination business, but there's a whole heck of a lot of safer ways to do all of that. Right. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. there's no reason, there's no reason to be throwing dumbbells around. Yeah, that's right. I'm glad <laughs> that I'm not in the commercial gym setting anymore. Mm -hmm. It gave me anxiety. I was thinking, I said, because my husband goes to the Y five days a week without fail. He was there somewhere in that gym. I'm like, did you see this lady? He knew who I was talking about. He said he'd never seen her before, but he didn't see her doing that. 
And I was like, does it surprise you that the workers didn't say anything? He's like, those workers don't say anything to anybody about anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because if I was working there, I'd be like, hey, like, what you doing? <laughs> like, let's right. not do that. <laughs> You're um, right. You're right. I think there's a lot of uh, people at the gym who don't, either whether or not they want to just, whether they're, they're afraid someone is is litigious and, and they might, yeah. you know, come back at them or they're afraid of uh, opening a can of worms that they, that they don't want to follow up with. I, I, I do think that a lot of people are just like fear-based, not willing to step into yeah, that sphere for some reason. I agree. And I think it's really important to not offer unwarranted form advice. Like I really do think that that's important. Like you don't need to be going up to people correcting their form. But the exception to that is if somebody's doing something dangerous, like that they could mm-hmm. hurt themselves or other people. <laughs> and I personally think that anybody working at that why last night should have seen that and been like, well, that's not okay. Like, mm. let's stop. Absolutely. That. Absolutely. That was my exciting event at the Y. Uh, Stress me out. I will probably not go back anytime soon. I will just be cold in my neighborhood (laughs) or walking at the grocery store. I didn't want to go to the grocery. I had to stop at the grocery store anyway, but I'm like, I don't really want to try and get 5,000 steps at the grocery store. That feels like- That's excessive. Rounds. (laughs) That's a lot of steps. I had that last night too, where I looked at my watch and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm at 6,000 steps today. What did I do? And I had that same moment too, where I'm like, I I could just um, take the dogs for a walk or I could just put on a show and, and, and me and like, just slowly take some steps on my treadmill. And I I opted for that too. Oh, we were all in the same boat yesterday. I was at 3,500 steps by seven at night, which is mm-hmm. atrocious for me. And mm-hmm. like my, my commitment to myself, no matter what, 10,000 a day, it's just the promise that I keep. And I don't remember the last time that I haven't hit it. So I was like, all right, we're going to go out for a walk. And luckily I live very close to downtown. So I feel safe to go out at night and walk around because it's like really lit up. And I ran into a friend of mine who I used to work with him and his dog. And he's like, Hey, what are you doing? Like he was going for his walk. So it was nice. I got to walk around town for like 20 minutes or so chatting to him. So that definitely made it more enjoyable. It sounds like it. Well, good. So ladies, today's topic, we're going to jump in here. I want to talk today about overwhelm. And what to do when we're feeling overwhelmed? Um, Is there anything we can do or do we just resign ourselves to overwhelm? So let me ask you this. Let's, Let's start with you this time, Marcy. What has in the past several months brought on a feeling of overwhelm for you? Oh gosh, where do I even start? Uh, Probably doing three really big things at once. So moving in at the end of October, starting a new position first week of November, and then traveling across the country to go to a retreat for that. And while still running my coaching business full-time and, you know, creating content, training, trying to maintain some semblance of a, I wouldn't call it a social life by any means, but, you know, making an effort to see my family, go for walks with friends, take care of my dog. So yeah, I think it was just, I'll say two big life transitions because, you know, moving in this new job, were both mm-hmm. pretty big. Um, and with moving, I told this on the podcast that I was living out of boxes for six weeks because it just has not been a priority. And my apartment is still like, it's not furnished how I would want it to be and nothing like that. It's, it's livable. And that's really all I care about. But uh, I'll just say really quickly, I think my mom was just sick of me talking about it. And she's like, okay, for your birthday, she's basically hiring like an, in, not an interior decorator. I mean, that's what this woman is, 
but she's coming in to just look at my space because it's it's a great place, but it's just laid out kind of strange. Mm. So, so figuring out, okay, like here's where the couch should go, here's where the dining room table should go, and then doing measurements and everything. So I know when I go to buy all my new furniture, like this is the size that you need and all that. So, but I mean, I'm so overwhelmed right now that I haven't even texted the woman. Oh, <laughs> like, oh, I'm like, mom, you know, what would be really great is if I gave you a time and you texted her for me, <laughs> it just feels like one more thing for me to do. Yeah. I think that can be a big part of the overwhelm is when there's just always one more thing to do, one more thing to do, one more thing to do. Katie, how about you? What's the time in the past six months or so you felt overwhelmed? It was probably about the time I was releasing the last book, Food for Thought, that was in October. And, you know, a deadline is a deadline, but mine was entirely self-imposed and, and being a person who I, I, I default to all or nothing. That's just, that's something that I've been trying to, to, you know, sort of evolve out of. Um, and so when the time came that I wanted to have the book done, and of course I had all these reasons, I thought October was the right time for like a litany of reasons that really only mattered to me. Uh, and at that time, like my, all three of my children were in brand new schools and, I was still, you know, in my own evolution of, you know, switching to being quite so focused on like macros and muscle and getting more into like the, the mindset and manifestation piece. So there were just like a lot of different balls in the air at that point. And so I'd say that was the time when I just kind of um, felt like in a, in a bit, a, a bit of like the world was just like enclosing in, in my space. Yeah. Yeah. So mine was really recently. Um, after the holidays, I never really got Christmas put away before my launch was in full swing. Um, and so my house was still decorated for Christmas mid-January. Mm. Uh, and I was trying to make progress on that. And it felt very chaotic just in my physical space because of that. And also due to the fact I mentioned this last week, I have way too much stuff. Like I own too many clothes and my closet had just exploded. So I just felt like I didn't have peace anywhere in my house. Like my bedroom was exploded with clothes. My entire house, it was like halfway undecorated for Christmas and I was getting working on it. But as launch season approaches, like I don't really have time for these added projects. So I was trying to launch, all of that was happening. And in my physical environment just felt like it was closing, <laughs> closing in on me. Mm. But I will say overwhelm. Um, and for those of you who are feeling overwhelmed, as we've just described you, all of us still feel overwhelmed. Overwhelm is a very normal human emotion. And I don't know if at any point I don't know that the goal is ever to get rid of the feeling of overwhelm. I don't even think it's possible, but ideally the goal is going to be to help us all manage that feeling and choose to not stay in that state of overwhelm. And that's, I think is the part that a lot of people don't get that being feeling overwhelmed is a normal emotion. Choosing to stay in that state of overwhelm is a choice we can make or we can choose differently. And I know it doesn't really feel that way. If you haven't ever thought of it that way, you might be like, what do you mean? Like, how do I fix all of that to make myself not feel overwhelmed? And I would say the key is you don't have to fix all of the stuff that you have going on to get out of that state of overwhelm. That's something I've gotten better and better at over recent years. So ladies, how do you help yourself get out of a state of overwhelm or how do you help clients get out of a state of overwhelm when they feel it? Katie, let's go to you first. I think for me, the antidote to overwhelm is always starting with presence and clarity and, and kind of understanding what matters most in this moment. And if there is something that I'm stressing out over that is not going to matter to me in like a week, a month, a year, it's immediately off my plate. Okay. So yeah. like maybe in the moment I was stressing during, during this cookbook release that I wasn't going to get my workout in. 
well, who cares? Because you know what? It's not going to matter in a week. Immediately that gets crossed off my list and I move down to the next thing and sort of assess it the same way. Will this matter to me in a week, a month, a year? And where does it really fall on the must get done checklist? And if I have to cross it off, then I cross it off. Mm, I like that. I like that a lot. Marcy, how about you? For me, it all starts with mind management and what I am saying to myself about the overwhelm. So oftentimes we say, I'm overwhelmed, I'm stressed, I'm insert whatever feeling or emotion you are experiencing. And in my opinion, that becomes kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy. So if you were saying, I am so overwhelmed, then you were giving more power to the circumstances and to that emotion. So overwhelm is less about the circumstances and what you are overwhelmed about and more about your thoughts around it. So I choose to reframe them and say, I have a little mantra to myself. It's everything will get done. And it always does. (laughs) Maybe everything does not get done that day but also assessing, you know, from a priority standpoint, kind of like Katie was saying, what absolutely does have to get done? So if nothing else, like, you know, I'm also writing out a to-do list. So, or like a brain dump just to get everything out, what everything in your head that is just whirling around with the, the grocery list and the, this and the, that, you know, um, get that out onto paper. And now you can see it more clearly for what it is. And you can detach those feelings and those thoughts from like who you actually are. Mm-hmm. And now you can kind of like, you know, better see, all right, what is a priority and where can I start? So when we were talking about this podcast, I said, action over anxiety. That is my other mantra. So mm-hmm you know, get it out, see what you need to do, get that clarity. And then from there, just tell yourself, maybe it's a mantra for you. Everything will get done. uh, And then start, you know, doing the first thing on that list. That is the biggest priority. Good stuff, Marcy. So Marcy and I attended a class together. Well, we weren't together. We were both attending the same class last week um, that Karin, what's Karin's last name? Nordine. Karin Nordine uh, runs change academy um, she's a behavior change specialist um, and I really liked some of the language around thinking about your thoughts that she was talking about and that's not how she talked about it thinking about your thoughts but I always think about like how do I think about my thoughts and one of the things she was talking about in this class is asking you can ask yourself the question when you have a thought like is this thought true and maybe it is maybe it isn't and even if it is true is this thought helpful And if it's not a helpful thought, even if it's true, like how else could you reframe that thought? And I thought that was a really um, impactful way to look at this. So if you're somebody, let's say like you've just started a weight loss phase and you're like in your mind, the thought you're thinking is I'm never going to be able to do all this. Like I will never be able to stay under my calorie target. I will never be able to do this. Like, first of all, is that true? Like what evidence you have that it is true or isn't true? What evidence you have that you have been able to like learn a new skill before? Like look for those things. Is this true? And then let's just say the thought was true. Like, is that even a helpful thought? And if it's not, how else could you reframe that thought? Could you reframe it to say like, I haven't been able to figure this out yet. I can keep practicing to figure this out. So really thinking about your thoughts because your thoughts impact how you feel and how you feel impacts how you act. Mm-hmm. Um really useful stuff from Karen. I highly recommend her. We should definitely put her in the show notes. Um, 
Yeah. And speaking of Parm, because I've been using a framework that is very similar to what you said, Kim, it goes a little bit more in depth that I got from her that I use with my clients that I use with myself. And it's the, the four A's. So awareness, acknowledgement, adjustment, action. So the first step is always awareness. So I am aware right now that I am feeling overwhelmed or like Kim, you were saying, I am aware right now that I have this belief that I am never going to be able to stay consistent enough to hit my weight loss goal because of, you know, whatever the story is that you're telling yourself from past experiences or whatever. So first just, you know, aware or be aware of it. The second is acknowledge the thoughts. And sometimes you got to tell yourself, and I was having this conversation with a client yesterday who was experiencing overwhelm right now. She's got a lot going on and she's struggling to stay consistent with her habits that I believe are, you know, your, your guiding light, your anchor. So I said, just acknowledge that you might be, and I am this way too, just the type of person who gets overwhelmed a little bit easier and no judgment. It just, it is what it is. So acknowledge that thought and then adjust, like you were saying, Kim, what is a truer or more helpful thought that I can think to change that feeling? So maybe it's, you know, again, like my mantra, I'm really overwhelmed right now, but I know that everything will get done. The thing that I was sharing with her is if you are overwhelmed and stressed out, it's likely because the thing that you're overwhelmed about, it has meaning to you. It's a value in your life, you know, like we wouldn't be overwhelmed if we didn't care about what we were doing. Um, and then fourth is going to be the action. So like I said, action over anxiety. What is that small piece of action that you can take or small step that you can take just to get that momentum going, move yourself in the right direction. And it can literally be as simple. And Karin says, this is like, I'm going to open my browser to start working on that, you know, that project or whatever it is. Um, for me, getting out of overwhelm is also just like removing myself from the situation and going outside, going on a walk, you know, doing something to, to move my body. Mm-hmm. That's good stuff. One of the things that I like people to think about is uh, when we're talking about overwhelm is asking themselves a question because they might not even realize that this is happening, but to ask, like, do I want to not be overwhelmed? Do I want to get out of the state? And some people might be listening and being like, that's totally a dumb question. Who wants to be overwhelmed? Well, here's the thing about choosing to remain overwhelmed. It doesn't require much of us. Like it doesn't require us to change our behavior. It doesn't require us to face our fears and try something different. Yes, we're not making progress towards our goals, but we also feel really safe there. Mm-hmm. It's a form of self-sabotage to constantly just be like, well, I'm overwhelmed. I can't do it. I'm overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed. And so actually choosing to step out of overwhelm can happen after you face the fact that you are purposely remaining in the state of mind clutter, house clutter, whatever it is, because it's a safer place for you than actually changing your behavior. I would agree. In fact, I wrote down right here, overwhelm is an exit strategy for all or nothing addicts. So if you're someone who thrives on all of the rules, like I can do 75 hard because it's, it's, and I use this word in quotes, it's easy because everything is defined for me. Every second of the day is full. And then all of a sudden that's a great plan until you completely self-destruct, right? Until you become overwhelmed, fill in the blank with whatever activities you want to put in there. And then you are back to nothing. You're going from all to nothing. You've completely yeah. eliminated the potential for the gray. 
which I, we talk about all the time is being where the growth happens. Yes. And so being willing to say like, okay, I'm not going to be all in. I'm not going to be all out. I'm not going to stay stuck here in this place of overwhelm. I'm going to step into this fear. Like if I decide that I want to make a change, there is a fear of failure. There is the, the fear that I might not do it just right. And having to, to be okay with that can be scary. And Marcy, uh, the steps that I take people through are very similar to the ones that you talked about there. Um, the idea of acknowledging like, hey, this is where I'm at. I'm feeling very overwhelmed and this is really normal. And speaking to yourself with grace and compassion about that, um, like you would talk to your best friend, like that there's no shame in feeling overwhelmed. There's no shame in the fact that like your physical space is kind of a, a mess or your mental space is kind of messy right now. There's no shame in that. It just, it happens sometimes and that you're going to choose to get out of that. And then like Marcy said, and like we're going to name this episode, the antidote to overwhelm really is action. Action is the cure for overwhelm. And it's not just any action because just being busy doesn't help because there are plenty of overwhelmed people who just like busy themselves. And I have fallen into this trap. Like sometimes sometimes it's like one of my um, not useful coping mechanisms when I do feel overwhelmed is to start checking things off my to-do list that are not moving the dial in the direction I need to go. Like start returning emails that don't necessarily have to be done right now, but it makes me feel like I'm doing things when what I really need to do is write the dang outline for my next podcast. Like that's what I have the deadline for, but that feels like there's more friction to get started. So I busy myself with like tidying my desk or going to like answer that thing that doesn't really need to be answered. And so the key with the action that's going to help you feel less overwhelmed is it should be targeted towards the goal you actually need to make progress on or choose to make progress on. It should be measurable and it should be incremental. It shouldn't be super big. And so looking for like, like um, Marcy was just saying, looking for like, what's the one small step I could take towards the goal I want? Mm -hmm. That's the key. If you pick something too big, that's just another way of remaining overwhelmed. And if you pick something that's not at all impactful for your goal, still going to remain overwhelmed. I love that, Kim, how you sort of mentioned, give yourself grace or try to look at it from another perspective for yourself. I, I do this with my kids all the time when they get home and they're overwhelmed and they have practices. It's really easy for me to come in and be like, Tess, honey, this is where you need to start. Stop worrying about this thing that's due next Thursday. Focus here. It's not always as easy for us to see that with ourselves. So I yeah. think you need to, like you said, talk to yourself as if you're talking to your children or your inner child, if you don't have children. If you have someone close to you and they know everything going on in your world, a spouse, a partner, maybe you can even ask them their opinion or their advice um, and solicit some outside perspective too, because sometimes you just can't see the forest through the trees. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think Kim, this also speaks very well to procrastination. Like that's essentially what you were talking about. And yeah. yeah, I mean, we all say like, I'm a procrastinator and, and I don't really think like the procrastination is the issue. It is a surface level symptom of something deeper that is going on, which most often does relate to your thoughts about whatever it is that you're doing. So I'm just going to use you as an example, not that you feel this way about your podcast, but like maybe in the beginning, maybe the first couple episodes of the podcast, you had major imposter syndrome. You're like, I know I want to get this podcast out, but I've never recorded a podcast. And how am I going to sound? What are people going to think? So, you know, your mind is that monkey mind is just going a mile a minute. 
telling yourself all these stories. And so that is going to create a lot of resistance and friction to actually do the thing because you're worried about if I, or when I put it out into the world, how is it going to be perceived? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, then gotta, gotta manage the mind and coach like self-coach. Yeah. 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 That self-coaching is super important. And for those of you listening, if you're like, I'm not super good at that yet, it's a skill you can practice and get better at. Mm-hmm. I well, think so. Go, go on. Oh, no, I, I really quickly, I was just going to say, I mean, we all know this and you think that because we know it, because we've experienced it so often that it would become way easier to not do it. But let's be honest, the more that you put something off. So the thing that you are feeling overwhelmed about, and in the moment, it's easy to procrastinate, to do something else. Yes. To get your mind off it, to make you feel like you're productive doing something, but that feeling is just going to continue to Mm -hmm. expand Mm -hmm. unless you do something about it. So ask yourself as well, what is the ultimate feeling that I want to feel? Is it stress? Is it anxiety? Is it overwhelm? Or do I want to feel relaxed, accomplished, energized, focused, like kind of more like, what is the the feeling that I need to tap into mm-hmm. to, to do the thing? Yeah. And then, and then think like future self, how am I going to feel when that is done? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a two-step approach. Yeah. I love that. Katie. I think it's important to address people out there who feel, who, who bring overwhelm on because they feel like they need to do every single thing at a 10 out of 10 effort. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is not necessarily the fastest way to get from A to B. Okay. I think we, we know that there's all these different tools you can use to say, achieve fat loss or to achieve muscle gain or whatever. And if you do them all at once, that's going to be best, right? And I think that's not always best. And sometimes we get to a state of overwhelm because we feel like optimal is 10 out of 10 when actually optimal for you might be less is more. Because let's face it, like optimal for you is just the pace and the point at which you can be most consistent for the longest time, right? And so if you elevate yourself out of optimal for you and live in this chaos of overwhelm just north of that, you're actually going to fall much farther short than if you would just tick a couple things maybe off the list and not have to live in that state of chaos and overwhelm. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, One of the other things that has helped me, uh, and actually it goes right along with that, is pacing as far as like deciding, like dialing certain things up and other, which means that other things are going to be dialed back and being okay with that. And so I, you know, in my midst of the overwhelm, I was feeling about my physical space while I was trying to launch. I finally just gave myself permission to like not touch any more Christmas decorations until the launch was (laughs) over, which meant that we took my Christmas tree down. It was the Saturday after my launch. So I don't know what day that was, but it was like the 20 somethings of January, which is crazy. I don't ever have my tree up that late, but I finally just gave myself permission to stop thinking about the tree and stop letting it bother me every time I walked into that room. And I gave myself permission to not even tackle the closing project that needs to happen until this weekend. So it's still sitting up there. And every time I see it, I remind myself, you chose not to focus on this yet because you had other things. You had to get through the launch and then you had to catch up on these other items. It's not time for that yet. And it made it so much easier than every time I walk in there being like, oh my gosh, Kim, you're such a mess. <laughs> like I would remind myself, like you have scheduled this in, it's happening next weekend. Let's just all, let's normalize the fact that sometimes the people with the biggest pile of laundry or the messy kitchen or the unmade bed have the happiest life. <laughs> like yeah. they're not overwhelmed by the little things, call it. 
And uh, those little things that for me personally, like kind of drive my happiness. Like I really thrive when laundry's done and beds are made might sometimes take away from the smaller joys in my life. So that's something that Kim, I love hearing you say that you left your tree up till like the end of January, because that's something that would actually be really hard for me. Getting into the yeah. gym every day, not hard. Leaving the tree up, that would be kind of hard. <laughs> well, and that's making that's... me really mad for a really long time. And finally, I was just like, I can't get mad every time I come into the area where my tree yeah. is like, in my kitchen. I was like, you have to let this go for now. Like you got to let it go for a couple of weeks. Either do it or let it go. And like doing yeah. it, I was like, that's not a choice I'm making. Because like, I have a really big tree with like way too many decorations. <laughs> and I was like, that's not a quick project. That's like, it was like a six hour project and I didn't have six hours that I want. I, and here's the thing. It's always about choices. Could I have spent six hours? I could have. And I prioritized like that wasn't going to happen. And then I had to let myself be okay with my choice. I think a lot of times we don't recognize that we're making choices and we feel like everything is being done to us. And wow, that feels crappy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, but I like that. You were like, I'm going to take care of the big rocks and just let the pebbles sit on, on yeah. the side. They're not as important right now. Yes. So if you're listening and you're feeling overwhelmed, we want you to know you can choose to feel, well, actually you can choose to feel a different way, but that's going to happen based on the thoughts that you're giving yourself about your situation. And so think about, like Marcy said, like what feeling do you want to evoke? Think about like, what are the big rocks? And then start choosing what actions can you take that are targeted in the direction of your main goal? Because look, we've all got like 20 million goals. You got to narrow it down, pick one to focus on and start moving in that direction. It's going to feel so much better. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Any last words, ladies? I think you nailed it. I think so. All right. We'll catch you next week. Thanks everyone. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. If you liked this, if it was helpful for you, it would mean the world to us if you left a rating and review wherever you're listening. It really does help our work get in front of more people. Thanks so much for being here with you and we'll see you again next week.